Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of It's All Geek to Me, a podcast where we discuss anything and everything geek related. I'm Tim. And I am your other co host, Trey. Today, we are diving into a topic that has seen quite a lot of news recently. So, with the last uh, well, with The Last of Us releasing and almost over, a lot of people have been talking about the video game curse. We're going to be here to talk about it in our thoughts, because you know. It's all geek to me. If it's a comic book or a comic movie, it's all geek to me. If it's some sort of game or a show on TV, it's all geek to me. If it's a play or ballet, I agree. If it's a kind of sword, a beach, or a tree, it's all. It's just all geek to me. The video game curse. Uh, I know I've been around a lot with the inner circles i guess of just people saying this all the freaking time whenever a video game adaptation is made what about you have you come across this term a lot or is this kind of a newer term for you this is a newer term for me i haven't really heard this term before i mean i kind of know what it is through like the context of you know the conversation and all of that i can kind of figure out what it is but no one's really used this term um with me before so all right it's newer for me so the video game curse is essentially video game adaptations never work is essentially if i had to sum it up in a statement (laughs) it's that um or they just don't don't, do well they don't they really don't like in the box office yeah reviews ratings like people rag on video game movies and and tv shows i'll say tv shows as well and it's been a thing that's been for decades like the first video game movie was in 1993 and that was the first one that started this curse 1993 yes that is early wow could you could you ponder a guess on what that first movie would have been 1993, I have two guesses. And guess number one, I'm going to go with Mario Brothers. You would be absolutely correct. Hey, I'm right. I didn't know if I was going to be right. My other guess was <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I just didn't remember if it was the like arcade video game came out before the, like, the live action Ninja Turtle movies that came out in the 90s. Or if the video game came out after. Fun fact. I've uh, got two things. First, you are absolutely correct with Super Mario Bros. Woo-hoo. One of the lowest rated <laughs> movies on the list. There are some lower. But with TMNT, TMNT was not a video game first. Okay, that's nor, what I was wondering. Nor was it a movie or TV show first. Was TMNT like actually started comic? out as a comic book. Yeah, comic um, book. There is a phenomenal... I don't remember if it's in this. I believe it is. But there's a documentary on Netflix. Not a sponsor. Um, 
That is phenomenal. I love watching it. It's called The Toys That Made Us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen, I haven't watched it, but I know of it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is on there, and they talk about the origins and the two guys that made it. These two guys had no idea what they were doing, basically, and just created <laughs> something, and it got popular. Really That's cool awesome. story. I love, I love when things like that happen. Where they're, like when they get interviewed later, and like, yeah, we kind of just made it up as we went along in our garage, or we were sitting in our living room and just kind of were like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just go for it. And it just happens yeah. to be super successful. You know, like I love when things like that happen. So it was a comic book first. Um, on another side note, they did make a secondary um, show called The Movies That Made Us. And I love that one. It goes Ooh, through nice. Ghostbusters. It goes through Alien. It goes through Home Alone. And like all these different things and the backstory behind getting those movies made. Nice. That's cool. Really cool. Um, but going back to adaptations and this video game curse, there are movies, there are TV shows. Super Mario Bros. had a, I'm looking at the number right now. They did make $38 million in the box office. Dang. So it is still up there. And for 1993, I believe that still is a success. If I'm not mistaken. I'm Just, not I'm not sure. Um however, I will say Rotten Tomatoes gave it a twenty nine and a full rotten tomato. Ooh. Uh that and is Metacritic not what you want. And if we're if we're talking about Metacritic, it was a thirty five out of a hundred. So Oof. not a not a good movie by any means. I can't personally say I've watched it. Never seen it. Never but I have seen definitely it. seen memes, clips, and <laughs> the good old picture of what they made Bowser. Yeah, it's yeah, I've never seen it. Never will. Um the question is, are we thinking that the new Mario movie is gonna be any better? Because it's animated, it already has a leg up on this one. <laughs> that is very true. I've actually heard great things about it. Um I'm actually really excited to see how they do um because i think they can do i think it's gonna be good honestly like it, the, from the trailers it looks good i'm excited to hear more of chris pratt's voice um because i've heard he actually does a really good job um but yeah i'm excited i'm actually kind of excited for it it's gonna be a good movie i think um will it be the best i don't know however don't if so. i'm not do you, do you know if this is the same company that was doing like Minions? Yeah, yeah, it's the same company it that Minions and Despicable Me, Me and all that. Gotcha. So I don't know. I think it's called Illumination. Uh, yeah, Illumination. They have a good track record. So oh, they have I'm a great not, track record. I'm not too worried, but I think a lot of people are going to be hesitant to go. So I don't know if it's going to do as well in the box office as they're hoping. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a flip of a coin. Um, I think they're doing a really good job with, um, like advertising and building up excitement. And so we'll, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, so going, we'll stick to live action movies right now. As we're talking about video game adaptations, there's a bunch. Um, we don't have time to go over every single one. 
Um, <laughs> there's a ton of animation. There's ton of anime. There's ton of uh, Japanese movies. Um, there's a whole bunch of live action versus TV shows versus web um, web shows. We're going to stick to live action movies right now, and then we'll jump to maybe some TV shows because Last of Us is out right now. Um, but after Super Mario Bros., we got a whole bunch of movies. Uh, I'm looking at a list right now of like live action movies that we got from adaptations. We got a lot from one specific genre of video game, which isn't one that I would have really picked to say that's going to make us a movie. whole bunch of money. Racing games. Not racing. Oh, I have no idea then. I was just honestly I was guessing a random genre that wouldn't make a great movie. Fighter games. That makes sense. Street Fighter and yep. um Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. That, I would not think of games like fighter games to be like, yeah, let's make a fighter game movie, you know, cuz they don't really have like I know some of them have a story, but like they didn't start off with with uh, having like in-depth stories that you could pull from to, you know, make movies off of. And so that's so interesting that you had a really long line of fighter game movies. That's interesting. Yeah. Starting in 1994, we had one, two, three, four, four movies Jeez. from 1994 to 1997 of... Double Dragon, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And dang, uh, let's just say, uh, Double Dragon, if Super Mario Bros. was a flop with a $38 million box office worldwide, Double Dragon had a $4 million. Oh, it had a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it does not look like it is scored in Metacritic. Oh, oh, that, hmm. yeah, that hurts. That hurts a and lot. And I have heard, I have heard of Double Dragon. Um, don't really know what it's about, but I have heard it in like cult classic like type of circles. I've so, never heard of it. It like is, I've never heard of it like ever until you mentioned it a little bit ago. Yeah, honestly, I don't know too much about it, and I'm not even <laughs> going to pretend I do. Like, Double Dragon, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, all the Mortal Kombats, even the newest Mortal Kombat, I have not watched. I really have had I no watched the new Mortal Kombat. fighter games. I watched the new one. The How was movie. it? I mean, it wasn't anything to write home about. It's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that's kind of, that's fun. You know, like, it's... The story's all right. Um, I mean, the essentially what they did is that like each all these people have like special abilities and are basically there's a a, a tournament that has been going on through the ages and it's called the Mortal Kombat, and you fight in said tournament to like protect. I I don't even remember the all it was. I think it's like <laughs> to protect your dimension or whatever, and so like. Sub Zero is like the main bad guy, and um, Scorpion is one of the guys' like ancestors. Um, I have, I will say, I have played some of those characters, but not in any Mortal Kombat games. I've only ever played them in Injustice Two. Oh, <laughs> uh, the DC game, the DC Fighter. 
I forgot that they're in that game. I forgot that Scorpion and Sub-Zero yeah. are in. It's the same in company. Injustice. Or uh, whoever makes Mortal Kombat is the one that made the Injustice games. So they kind of put them in as like an Easter egg. I do like the the first Injustice. I never played the second one, but I do like the first one. I think it's a lot of fun and like it's it's cool if you're like into the like want to get into those fighter games, but like you're not like you're a really big like comic book fan. It's kind of a cool combo. Yeah. Like, you know, like you're playing as you know the flash or green arrow um and some of it makes sense and some of it's like wow this is like this is cool but the other ones are like dude if this was an actual fight this person would annihilate this other person but because it's a video yeah. game you can't you can't do it <laughs> so like i said personally i haven't ever really played a lot of fighter games they're not my genre and uh-huh. with that when when a when a movie like mortal Kombat comes out it's not one that i'm like first in line to go see yeah like i saw it because i think i had a free movie ticket from amc and i was like this would just be a fun dumb movie to go watch and that's exactly what it was it was a fun dumb movie to go watch so i was just like oh that's fun all right whatever so in our kind of list of those starting live action movies mortal Kombat, actually the first one is the highest box office it got 124 million okay and The, the very first one in the 90s Yes, 1995. And it didn't do well on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's still the highest that there was at the time, which was a 45%. It it would keep that 45% as the highest video game adaptation movie until... Sonic the Hedgehog. Until 2018, and that is not Sonic the Hedgehog. No, Sonic, I think, came out before that. So... So from 1995 to 2018, Dang. Mortal Kombat was the highest rated Rotten Tomato movie. 2018, that, oh man, what video game movie came out in 2018? Because Sonic came out actually after It did that. Which one was it? I don't know. I don't remember the video game movie that came out in 2018. Tomb Raider. Oh, that makes so much sense. The newest Tomb Raider. The newest Tomb Raider. Yeah. Dang. So f- from there, I'm not going to hit all of them because there's some of these that I've never seen or really know about. But from Mortal Kombat from 1995, we have Wing Commander, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider in 2001. That is the one with... Um, uh, Angelina uh, Jolie. Yes. I'm surprised that one and the second one of hers isn't rated higher <laughs> those got more money than mortal Kombat. they got 274 million in the box office but it had a 20 percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> it was i've seen clips of it because i remember growing up and you know when when everyone had cable like remember those yeah, times i do remember those times uh, <laughs> where you actually had to change the channel to like look what you the options were to watch because you only had specific options and then you'd hit those channels that were not actually you didn't have so just stack yeah yeah so when we had cable i remember watching clips of it never the full thing never uh-huh. the beginning never the end because with just cable middle. you never watched everything no you and and on top of never catching the start of the film or at times never being able to catch the end of the film you had commercials and so they cut things out of the film because they had to make time. He had to fit within like a two hour window. 
So if it's a two hour and, and twenty minute movie, that, they cut out twenty minutes of it. And on top of that, depending on the rating of the movie, yeah. they would like dub over it with different sounding <laughs> random <like>. words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love when it's just like, <laughs> you piece of crap. <laughs> like, it was just like, <laughs> also, like, tone was completely different, too, because it was like, they tried their best, but it was not good. <laughs> I would love to watch, like, I don't know. I'm thinking, like, Logan. Oh. Like, on cable. Or, like, Deadpool on cable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That would be hilarious. Except nowadays, even if you have cable. A lot of times, networks will like show R-rated movies, and I think like FX and all that. Like they'll keep most of the stuff in there now. It depends on the uh, channel. Yeah, um, but and they'll they'll cut certain things, but like language, like they're far more lenient with language than they were. Oh, absolutely. Back in the day, I think the only one they'll cut out is the F-word. Um, yeah, I think it's the only one they'll they'll cut out on on live cable um i always thought it was funny whenever like abc family had those movies yeah because like every couple minutes it would be like a different dub yeah like it was just <laughs> they were changing things constantly to yeah. make sure it was appropriate it's so funny but going from there we had laura croft um still poor reception good money resident evil in 2002 that was the first time resident evil got adapted poor reception then we have the second tomb raider house of the dead another resident evil we had alone in the dark we had doom blood rain silent hills that's funny uh dead or alive another resident evil extinction postal evil movies yes which it's a good franchise honestly out of all the movies leading up right now to 2007 i think resident evil had the potential to be the best one i mean they, they were able to keep making movies so like they were obviously good enough to where they were making move like they were they ended up making i think over five movies like i think they were close to closer to 10 than they were five yeah and they're still making them i remember um i think it was last year we had resident evil raccoon city yeah like they're still making movies so it's obviously good enough. So yeah, <laughs> they're making uh, enough money to justify continuing. And currently I'm still looking at all the box office. The first Tomb Raider is still the leading box office. However, I don't know if it actually made enough money to offset its costs. So uh, I don't have that right in front of me. Yeah. So I also have to remember that some of these box office numbers... That's just what they made, not. But yeah. they might have made it for more. Yeah, that's something like that people don't even realize really in movies when they're like, like the Way of Water, for example. Like when the new Avatar Way of Water came out, everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, it's made all this money," and it's like, "Yeah, it's in the box office. It has made a ton of money," but you can't look at it that way because it cost this amount of x amount of money to make and so you have to take what it's earned and minus that from what it cost and then all the royalties and and then all the royalties all the other stuff and that's really what it's made and then really after that 
like to make it like a worthwhile thing, you have to be like, all right, do we have enough to make another one? And like then calculate that, and it's this whole thing. Yeah, it's crazy. There was an interview with um, I think it was Matt Damon. I I might be wrong. I may be mixing actors. Um, and he was talking about the effect streaming services have had on like the movie industry. And his big thing was you no longer have like a big DVD release anymore because of streaming services because no one's buying DVDs anymore. So he was like, it was awesome. You would have your theatrical release, like your theater release, and then six months later you would have your DVD release, which would almost be like another mini box office, mini theater release because people were buying the DVD. And so you could do movies that maybe weren't super successful in the theater because you would have a successful DVD release. But now he's like, nowadays you can't do those movies anymore. You can't make those movies. And he's like, I can't make movies that I would love to make because you don't have that dvd release to exactly help it and i'm like that kind of is sad like i never it's a thought new of it era. that way yeah like because you Especially only have that single release and with streaming now if you like say App- apple's a big one a lot of actors are going to apple right now because oh yeah they're paying for exclusivity yeah and so if you go through netflix yeah you'll have exclusivity with netflix and that's why people are now choosing to do Netflix original, Apple original. Because the minute you do like a theatrical release and it goes on streaming, I don't know if the actors really get a lot of those royalties. It's, it's a big debate. And that's honestly why I, I want to say Black Widow Yeah, with Scarlett Johansson. She was having a ton of problems with Disney because... Black Widow had an office, awful box office in the theaters because it was right around COVID. But then it had an amazing, you know, streaming service release with a ton of people doing the the buying and all of that, like paying the 20 bucks or 10, 15 bucks and you get to watch it whatever you want, you know, um, until it streams. And she got like none of that. And she's like, what the heck? Like, this is not fair. And so I don't know how much they get of of that streaming royalty it's it's interesting yeah unless they have it in their contract but like with black yeah. widow she had it in her contract to have um royalties from i think the box office and so when everything went straight to streaming she yeah you're right she missed out on everything yeah so it's fascinating oh right Let's see. What would be the next one then? So we had Resident Evil, Postal. We had our first Hitman movie. Oh, yeah. I forgot about those <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah. I forgot um, about those games too. The games are fun. Hitman movies were not all that cracked up. Uh, this is the start of 20th Century Fox like kind of run in adaptations because uh-huh. they adapted the next five movies. Oh, dang. And all of them were just decreasing in number pretty much. So we had Hitman, In the Name of the King, Far Cry, Max Payne, Street Fighter. Uh, those are the ones they did within 2007 through 2009. Dude, and I don't even know like half of those games. Like I know Far Cry. 
I know but, Far Cry, I know Max Payne, and of course Street Fighter. Yeah, like but I only know Far, Far Cry and Street Fighter. I've never heard of Max Payne. I never heard of the other ones. Far Cry had potential because I think the IP for Far Cry is actually pretty pretty big. Oh yeah, but, that had potential, but it's also I think it's hard because it's hard to take games like that where it's like an open world, free roam, very loose story and turn it into a movie. Yeah. So you have to, you have to have a very creative team to write your story. Do you want to venture a guess on how much that movie made? Far Cry? And I, I'll tell you this too, because I, I wanted to look at this. They had a $30 million budget. Did for they Far make Cry. money afterwards or did they not make money afterwards? They did not make money. Oh, so it was less than 30K. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with 10. Uh, you said $30 million budget? Yep. I'm going to go with 10 million. They made seven hundred and forty-three thousand. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they do not have a Rotten Tomato score. It, it was Unders- not received very understandably. Well. Yeah. Oh, that. Hmm. Mm, that's not good. That's. Not it was good at probably. All. I would consider it looking at all these numbers, the first major adaptation bomb. Yeah. Yeah, that's the lowest number we've heard so far yeah because even with like super mario bros the first one their budget was four in the 40 millions and they made about 38 million that's not bad like yeah you lose some money but like in the grand scheme of the movie industry like that's not a bad loss far cry pretty much had almost a 30 million dollar yeah deficit they i mean they did you said it was 38 million was their budget 30, 30 30 exact and they had 740 uh, yeah 000. they pretty much had a, a 30 million dollar loss there <laughs> which is oof i can't even imagine like going into after a, that a meeting year that that like imagine going to a meeting that monday and just being like all right guys um it costs 30 million to make this movie and we made seven hundred thousand. like i can't even imagine sitting in that meeting and how awkward that would be like oh and i will say after that year so that came out in october the last movie 20th century fox had planned was in 20 2009 in february after that 20th century fox dropped off all adaptations i think they released one more before they quit what was their last one their last one they made was assassin's creed the one with um, uh, Michael Fassbender. Fassbender. Yeah. Wow. That movie didn't do great either. No, it did not. So the next ones were Taken, Prince of Persia, which actually I liked Prince of Persia. Okay. Hot take. With um, Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yes. Yeah. I like that movie a lot. I enjoy that film. Ben like, Kingsley Not a bad movie. It. Who's in it? Ben Kingsley, ben Kingsley, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. So like, that one movie. actually had a budget Enjoyable. that had a budget of two hundred million at the max level, and they made three hundred thirty-six million. So they that was a success. Yeah. However, it was like fifty-fifty on reviews. Uh, it still had less review, like less percentage and critic reviews than uh, the first Tomb Raider. 
Oh, interesting. Sorry, not the first Tomb Raider. Uh, what was the one we were looking at? Mortal Kombat. The first Mortal Kombat. It reviewed better? No, worse. Worse. Still reviewed worse. worse. Sorry. Yeah. Misheard you there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a good movie. It's not a perfect movie. So. From there, we had three or two Resident Evil movies, Afterlife and Retribution. We had Silent Hill Revelation, Need for Speed. That's the the newest one, right? The I don't know any of the actors in that movie. Um, it's the guy who plays in, um, or played in Breaking Bad. Uh, Aaron Paul. Yes, 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 yes. I like that movie too. I didn't think that movie was bad. I enjoyed it. That one did also make money. That had a sixty-six million dollar budget, but the box office was only two, or the box office was two hundred and three million. Wait, so what did it make? Sorry, it made so close wait, to one hundred and fifty million. Sorry, I I heard in my head the reverse. I heard sorry. that it, it the box office was sixty-six million, but the but the sorry the reverse of that the the budget was sixty-six and the box office was something. I heard it. I my mind did something weird with what you said and i was like wait a second that doesn't sound like they made money it sounds like they lost a hundred million dollars but that makes sense now that you revert yeah sorry my brain oh all good spaz for a second (laughs) so from needs of speed we had hitman agent 47 warcraft assassin's creed resident evil the final chapter and then finally in 2018 tomb raider now, I remember when all these came out, and I will say when these came out, everyone talking about the video game curse was at its height, I think, because yeah. all like I remember just every time a new movie came out with an IP that was a video game, people were like, oh, don't go see it. It's going to bomb. Don't go see it. It's not going to do well. Which, okay, brings up a good point. Do you think people saying that took movies that had the potential to be very good or have a good box office and in reality bombed them because people just automatically thought they were going to bomb. Yes and no. I think that for the fans of the IP, they were going to go see it anyway. Okay. I also think for critics, if they are a good critic, that should not sway them. Makes sense. For the box office number... Yes, absolutely. I think that affects the box office number. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think it affects the box office because, you know, I think the majority... So, I think you can break up your box office into a couple different categories. And I think, obviously, you have your people that are diehard fans of the, the product or super interested into whatever. If it's a new thing, super interested into it. And so, you have those people that are like, oh, I love, you know, I love this concept. I love this thing so i'm gonna go see it no matter what then you have the people that are like kind of on like the haters and they're like i'm gonna go see it because i want to be able to make fun of it or whatever but then you have those middle ground people that are like i'm on the fence and very easily swayed on whether i should go and see it or not and i feel like that almost makes up the majority of your your box office people at times especially on these movies that are like oh it might like you know it might be good it might not be good we'll see um I think those, you know, on the fence people make up your majority. And so people saying, don't go see it, don't go see it, 
swaying your majority, it's not going to do well in your box office. Absolutely. And this is now the time that we would have been in college. Yes. Together. And it is the time we had the movie pass. Yes. I know this for a fact because the next movie on the list, it had a 51%. We both did not go. I went because I went to a movie theater and was like, not knowing what movies are playing, looked up at the screen and this was the only one playing. And I, go, I used to do like that I'm a lot in college. It. I yeah. one of my favorite things. We would we would do that. We would be like, I don't know what's playing. Let's just go, and we'd go and pick a movie when we got there. So fun, so fun. I love doing it. So this one was Rampage. Oh, <laughs> I never saw it. I heard it wasn't good. It was terrible. I think I actually I, yeah. I think I heard it from you that it wasn't good. I remember going to watch this movie, and I think the only reason I was like, oh, yeah, why not? Because it had The Rock in it. And yeah, this that should tell you all you need to know about it. This was during the time when The Rock was in every movie. San Andreas, I think, was in this movie. time. San Andreas, Skyscraper, Rampage. Um, like <laughs> They all weren't good. I enjoyed... San Andreas, because I love a good end of the world movie. Like, <laughs> give me an end of the world movie. I'll probably go watch it and I'll probably enjoy it. Does that make it a good movie? No. Uh, Skyscraper, on the other hand, was all right. I kind of like the message they were going for, but I was just like, okay, The Rock again. All right. Whatever, you know? <laughs> so that's what I was just kind of getting tired of The Rock. I think he's doing a lot better job of like, picking and choosing his movies now yeah and honestly even with this one being such a flop and something that was just not good it made a crap ton of money oh yeah because the rock's name is in it yeah and the budget was 140 million and it made 430 ish million dang yeah so at this point with like the tomb raider movie rampage being closer to like the 50% in Rotten Tomatoes, people were like, eh, if you like that type of movie, it was good. I would say this is a time that I think that video game adaptations were slowly becoming, like chipping away at, no, they can be good if done properly. Yeah. Like, I don't ever think that the video game curse was really a curse as much as a, the companies were trying to suck money from people. Okay. Yeah, I see you. Yeah. Because yeah. for me, almost, I feel like adaptations are one of two ways, and this is a hot take. I feel like either you adapt, you adapt a movie, video game, book, whatever it is. If you are a fan of it and you want to see it, like I'm thinking, yeah. if you are a director and you're like, I love this franchise, I want to see it yeah. on the big screen, introduce it to a wider audience. You have those. But then you also have companies who are like, oh, these video games are selling like crazy. What if we just put it on the big screen? Now they're going to want to see their characters up there. Yeah. And I think there's two reasons wrong with that in video games. And one is you're money hungry. You're just trying to like exploit it. Two, 
you miss the point of a video game. The video game allows you to play as a character. You are now that character and you're going through that experience. Yeah, you're just pushing a button or you're moving the, the joystick. But you still are that character. In a movie, you're passive. You're outside of that. It's the yeah. same reason why books are sometimes more popular than a movie or how um, some things just can't be adapted. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's important because I think, and I think that's why the one, like the first one you mentioned, where it was like people that love, you know, whatever game or book they're trying to adapt. Like I, what came to mind when you were talking about that is um, John Favreau and Dave Filoni. They are massive Star Wars nerds and they are working, they work on the Mandalorian. And I think that's why the Mandalorian is being so successful right now because they literally sat there in an interview and started talking about a random Star Wars thing and like just completely ignored the interviewer and were just talking and nerding out because they love Star Wars. And so they're going to be passionate about it. They're going to be into it. They're going to want to it to be its best as it can be. And I think that's when like you see adaptations at their best because you can't always do everything in the adaptation. You can't, you have to cut things, but you're going to try to make it its best. You're going to try to show and put its best foot forward and show the story and convey the characters the best they can be. And so when you have a a company and you have a director that love that product or love the original source, you're going to see the best result. And I would also add to that, a good director and a good producer knows that every medium has its positives and negatives. Yeah. And when you adapt something from one medium to another, book to movie, book to TV, video game to TV, even a TV or movie to a video game, you have to understand what the medium itself can do and what it can't. Uh huh. And the best example I have is probably The Last of Us right now. I know you haven't finish the last of us game and you're going to finish it before you watch the show. So no spoilers, but I will say that the director, I've been listening to their podcast. Um, They have, they have been releasing a podcast for every episode that drops and talking about the production and Troy Baker's in it. The guy who plays the original Joel, things like that. And the director, and they talk about how adapting the last of us was a really, it was hard because you you had to take elements of the game out. Yeah. And a lot of it was the the violence and the the fighting and the action because in a movie that doesn't hit the same as a video game. Mm-hmm. In a video game, you're with a character for so long and you need you need action. You need to be doing something. Yeah. In a movie, you don't need to be. So there shouldn't be action around every corner. There needs to be character development. There needs to be uh exploration and in-depth character like building and i think the last of us does that so well like the show because they also take the director takes liberties with things Mm -hmm. without compromising the material yeah once again because he loves this property yeah he doesn't want to he doesn't want to damage it he just wants to add flavor and elements to it and i love it yeah and i think like it's it's also you got to look at it too the idea of in video games, a lot of the time, like combat is used to level up your character. So you need to get to a certain level by a certain 
point in the story. So they're going to throw in combat and you're they're going to throw in challenges to have you level up. Um, and so, but in a movie or in a TV show, they don't need to do that. Like you were saying, like they don't need to have those random combats to level up your character because it's a, it's a movie, a TV show, like your character, the characters don't need to quote unquote level up. So, exactly. Yeah. So they have to adapt it. And I think, like you said, I think it's done the best when someone cares about the product. And from here, like 2018 and on, I feel like we slowly finally start getting that in video game movie adaptations. Yeah. They might not be the best reviewed, but they're still really good. Like some of these I yeah. enjoy, um, Dead Trigger, we're not going to talk about Dead Trigger. Never heard of uh, it. Was, yeah, wasn't a well-known one. Only made 150000 Oh. What was their budget? Their budget know, fine. was nothing. Oh. Because it was a limited release on video on demand. So I don't know, actually, is what I'll say. Oh, they okay. had a budget, but I don't know what it was nice yeah but after dead trigger we have detective pikachu oh that made out like a bandit that is the number one spot as of now of 2019 of the highest rated one did you ever see detective pikachu i did i actually enjoyed it and i'm not i did too i thought it was great like i i've always wanted to play the classic pokemon like i've always wanted to play um Pokemon Red, I think it's Red, Yellow, and Green were the three. Like Emerald, Sapphire, um, Ruby. I don't know. Red, Yellow, and Green. I think the Pokemon Red, Pokemon Yellow, Pokemon Green. I think are the original three. I've always wanted to play those, um, but they're nowhere right now. <laughs> um, I think they're working, possibly working on putting them on like Switch, like an emulator. Um, but like, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed watching Detective Pikachu, and I thought it was funny. I thought it was fun. Had a really good story. You know, Ryan Reynolds did a great job. I forget the the guys, the actor of the main guy. Um, he's been in a lot recently. He's been in a ton recently, and he's great. He's in the new Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yeah, um, I'm excited for that. I'm so excited for that too. It's gonna be so funny. I I so tangent. Um, I saw a little thing saying like it's gonna be more like comical and funny than serious i like love someone that. posted that and i'm like guys you didn't already get that from the trailers and everything about this movie like <laughs> like as <laughs> well, soon as i saw the first trailer just... i was like this is obviously going to be a comical like an action a comedy like 100 yeah. percent action there, there adventure was a clip comedy there was a clip that just released like a maybe a week ago, but basically, it's them raising the dead using the raise dead spell in or the, the one that you ask questions. With. Oh yes, I did see this clip. It's so funny. Yeah, and he's explaining how it works, and so the character next to the the person they just raised asks a question behind him, and the dead guy answers. answers. And it goes back and forth about how many questions they have left. And by the time they're finally are ready to like start talking to him, he's already done. So yeah. he pushes him down. He's like, okay, next plan. And I'm like, if this is how the whole movie is going to be, I'm so happy. I am it. going 
yeah, I'm yeah. going to be very happy with this movie. Like I, I, we've talked about D and D before. We both play it. We both really enjoy it. If it's just making fun of certain elements of Dungeons and Dragons, and but having a fun story in there, I'm a hundred percent okay with that, because that's what D and D is. It's gathering oh, around absolutely. a table, laughing having fun and doing stupid stuff in a fantasy world. Exactly. And if that's what this movie is, nailed it. 100% nailed it. So I will say, I'm going to pinpoint this right here as my my take on this is when the video game curse ended with movies. Okay. I think Detective Pikachu was a phenomenal movie in that so many people wanted to go see it. Yeah, and I barely heard any negative things about it. Yeah, critics no. said some negative things, but fans loved it. Yeah, they're making a second one. They are, and so after this one, we have arguably one of the underdogs of the adapt- adaptations, and that's Sonic. Okay, that movie was solid. The first Sonic it, the Hedgehog, solid. Oh film. my gosh, I wasn't planning on going to see it because I was in that mindset still of. Oh, it's a video game that looks stupid. Oh, I wanted and to go they see had it the as whole, soon as they announced it. I was like, I'm down. Let's do it. I'm in it. I grew they also up had that Sonic. whole thing with Sonic not looking good and looking creepy. Okay, they changed it though. Like the first they trailer did. was awful. He looked horrendous in that first trailer. But as soon as they fixed it, like they I as soon as I saw the first trailer, I was nervous. Cause I saw everyone like bash it because Sonic looked horrendous. But as soon as they released that second trailer and delayed the movie and fixed the appearance, I was like, okay, this is going to be a good movie because they listened to the fan base. Exactly. That's why I went to go see it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I would have seen it if they didn't change the design. Not because I was like that angry with it, but just because I wasn't interested. Yeah. And that made me interested. It was like, oh, you're listening to us. You you have a, a... like the first time you have a production company going, oh, we should adjust this because the fans don't like it. It's like exactly, oh, we should listen to our fans. Uh, Weird. From there, we had Monster Hunter and Mortal Kombat, which Monster both Hunter were was in all the, right. The f- it was forty-five percent, fifty. It wasn't great. Monster Hunter wasn't great. It was. It's kind of just a fun movie if you want to watch people destroy monsters. That's about yeah. it. Now, the next one surprised me because I don't think I've ever actually heard of this one. This came out in 2021. Okay. It is the highest rated video game adaptation movie. Really? And I have never heard about it. It is called Werewolves Within. Never heard of it. Me neither. It, it kind of flew under my radar. And wow. looking at it, it has a 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 66 on Metacritic, and they made they made like five million, but they only had like a six and a half million budget, and they made almost all of that a million. Back. Yeah. Well, almost a million, yeah. Dang. So like they lost money still. Yeah. So like I'm not like that makes sense since even I didn't even remember this came out. I think but I might actually time, remember the game. It's from I, Ubisoft. 
Oh, I love a good uh, Ubisoft game. Um, I think, because I remember, I think my first roommate in college played it. I think it's like a telltale game where, like, you follow the story and just, like, make the decisions as it, like, you know, like, remember those, like, telltale games were super popular for, like, that one year? Yeah. And so I I think think it's a telltale game called Werewolf Within or something. I think I know which one you're talking about. But as I I looked it up real quick, because I am curious, it's a VR game. It's a social deduction multiplayer VR. So think of like Werewolf. Like if you sit around a table and you play Werewolf. Yeah. But in VR. Interesting. I was wrong. That happens a lot. So interesting. I don't know if I would necessarily call that a video game adaptation. Yeah. But... For all intents and purposes, it did it come from a game of the same name. Yeah. So it is. But if we were to say which one is the highest as of now without Werewolves Within, is actually the newest video game adaptation. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yeah, that was a good movie. I it enjoyed was. the second one. It was fun. I want. I'm excited for them to make a third one. Because I think they're actually doing a very good job of establishing this universe. Because they start off and they introduce Sonic and they introduce everything. And then they had Tails hinted at the very end. They brought in Knuckles in the second movie. And then they even dropped another character at the very end of the second movie. Yeah, they did. And I'm so excited because it seems like they're actually doing it really well. And so I'm I'm excited for them to keep making this this universe. And there's a whole bunch that are like lined up, upcoming. Maybe they're in limbo. So we're going to get like Sonic 3, Borderlands, Days Gone, Death Stranding. They doing a Borderlands? Dead by Daylight, I heard. Wow. Uh, These are all just kind of. Mass Effect. Yeah, Mass Effect is going to get a TV show. Um, But these are all kind of in the air. Like you never know with producers and TV shows and movies anymore if they're actually going to get made. It's true. So no, nothing has been greenlit yet. Yeah. If we're talking about TV shows though, there are not that many TV shows that actually were adapted. No. Uh from video games. I think uh, we're going to we start have... seeing a lot more in the, since we're in the streaming service age. I think we have the potential of seeing a lot more games being adapted into shows. Yeah, like I I know God of War is looking at it. Halo got adapted. Yep. Uh, Last of Us got adapted. I know The Witcher got adapted, but that started out as a book. Yeah, I would say that's more of a book into a game into a show. Not yeah. really a game into a show or movie. Um, uh, there was a Mortal Kombat TV show at one point, along funny. with a Resident Evil uh, last year. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think we're going to get more TV show adaptations. Especially I heard we're supposed to get the, a Dragon Age. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, I was gonna say, especially with the success of Last of Us, because I feel like, like the most popular one before Last of Us was Halo, and that and didn't that one was do not good. Well, um, and so because of that, because of the lackluster performance of Halo. I think people are a little more hesitant, but because of the success of Last of Us, I think we're going to get, especially getting a lot more now, um, which is cool because I think it's going to be um, a good, like, a good thing, you know? Sorry, words are 
Words are hard. <laughs> yeah. Because I think it's easier I, to do a game into a show than a game into a movie. I would agree with that. And I don't know. We we also, if we think about it, we also have the other way around too happening a lot. Where we have video games that were strictly video games being adapted into other mediums. So, um, I'm thinking books. Yeah. So, like, Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed has a whole bunch of tie-in books and books that were, like, made for it. Or we have... God of War. God of War. God of War has has a whole bunch. Dragon Age, Mass Effect. Yeah. Um, A lot of these narrative-driven games have tie-in books. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot easier with those narrative-driven games because you have them creating a universe... To where they're able to make, like, fill in the holes. You know, you're you have all these holes because you're not able to tell every single story. So you have these unit these universe that's able to be like, oh, can I write a book that will fill in this one hole or follow this one character after they left? Exactly. You know the the player's view, and it's cool. I think it's awesome. And with that, I think I can at least safely say I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I don't think this video game curse is a real thing. Like looking at it, I can see it from the age of like 1990s to about 2005. But from there, like people started making good products. Like there are good adaptations out there. It just takes time and energy. You know what I think happened? I think the video game curse wasn't really a curse, but was more of the idea of the young people that grew up playing those games are now adults and are now making movies and shows. There we go. Because back in the 90s and maybe a little early 2000s, you still had the people that didn't grow up playing those games that were now like making those movies. So they weren't in love with, we talked about earlier, to make a good one, you have to be in love with the product you know, in love with the original content, especially with games. So now you're having all the young people that grew up playing Mortal Kombat, grew up playing Mass Effect, grew up playing Sonic, grew up playing Pokemon, and now they're making these movies. And so they want them to be the best they can be. That's what I think is really going on. I I like that. I can see that. That just means that some of... Some of these things we're getting now, when people grow up, we might be getting some pretty good adaptations. And if The oh, Last yeah. of Us and uh, Sonic and all of that are an indicator, it's only going to go up from here. Hopefully, well, I think Fingers we crossed. may not. We also may not have to wait because, like, you know, you th- think back fifteen years ago, right? So fifteen years ago, early two thousand, like early two thousands, um, you have. Like it was more acceptable to like you play games when you're younger and then when you're older, you stop playing video games and you like put that side of your life to rest. But now like that's not the case anymore. Now you have people that are buying Xboxes and Playstations and building gaming PCs when they're adults and when they're married and like it's more common nowadays for adults to be playing games and to have those you know systems and to be passionate about those things and so i don't think we are going to have to wait 
you know, until the the people growing up are old enough to where they're getting the jobs to make movies. I think you still have those nerds that are still playing games and still doing all those things now that are still making and producing movies. That's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I am still hopeful for some of these upcoming ones that we do know are coming. I want Mass Effect to be good. I want Mass Effect to be good. I'm hoping God of War is good, but like I also don't want a God of War game to be made. I don't want a God of War show or movie to be made. Yeah. I'm okay with Mass Effect because like I I don't know. I I'm okay with that one. But I I don't want God of War yet. Wait. And like wait Last of Us Last of Us was one that I was hesitant with until I saw the director, I saw the direction they were going, I saw that Neil Druckmann was on it. But for me, video games themselves are the medium that I feel a lot of these narrative games were made for. Yeah. And I'm slowly coming to a realization of adaptations are not for. Adaptations, most of the time, are not for the actual people who played them. Yeah. They are, they are for those who are unable to or have not, are not interested in that medium to be to able to story. get that exactly and i think another way that these adaptations can work better is when you have that in the mindset when you are a director and you're like i'm creating this to show you my love for this franchise if you were not able to experience it yeah yeah i think that's good but with that I think we answered the question. I think we officially answered. No, the video game curse is not a thing. It's not real. However, stay hesitant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I think hesitant. I don't know. I think we're in an age where any movie can have the potential to be really good. You know, it just depends on who's making it. And so if you're, if you're interested, go see it, support movies, you know, support movies and enjoy them. And if you don't, okay, that's fine. You don't have to enjoy every movie. Not every movie is made for every person. That's well. And with that, with that, we are going to sign off. We hope you all have a great day, a great night, a great sleep, great work day. Go see a movie. Yeah. Or play a video game. It's all geeky.